0: Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I am Simone de Rochefort, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Brianna Wu, head of development at Giant Space Cat, and Christina Warren, senior tech correspondent at Mashable.com. Welcome, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> it's welcome to the thunderdome is that what you said welcome to the thunderdome i don't know i I I I felt like i was slurring and so my my instinct was to panic and then then drop my voice several octaves and like hiss like weird
1: yeah no so i mean uh could we call it the rocket dome because i like that
0: rocket dome that sounds wonderful Yeah. yeah Will the rockets, like, hit the edges of the dome and bounce around? Like, this seems dangerous, actually, well, yeah, now that I'm
1: thinking about. It does, but, but that's the risk that happens when you, when you get step into the rocket dome is you could have, like, blast-off in your face. Like, you could have, like, refracting, like, re- re- refractions, like, happening.
0: Like, it could be a I problem. Mean, you never know. I mean, that's just... It's we've all experienced blast-off in the face before, and it is always unfortunate <laughs> that happens. Um,
1: especially when you're not expecting it. I mean, if you get some warning,
2: it's, it's okay.
0: okay. <laughs> Brianna, are you Okay.
2: I I'm just you know what I I work in the professional realm and I just I I try to roll in every week and yep
0: as an unemployed person (laughs) as As an
1: an employed person whose employers do not listen to this
0: podcast ever And we're going to keep it that way. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. Love you, Mashable. I'm T- T- Mashable. T- like, I don't I'm know, your boss starting to listen. And then-
2: just sit down with the best rocket clips and just play it at your yearly review. And like, <laughs> this, would, this is how I'm representing Mashable on the air and just see what happens. I mean, I think no. what would
1: happen is that we'd get to the Terminated in Adele's Mouth episode and then we'd just go, sure. Christina... Can you just not? And I'm like, no, I can't. This is the only way I can be. Sorry, guys. This is actually me constrained. And it's true. It is.
0: You can't not. I can't can't not. not.
1: It's just you. It's just me.
0: All right. So we are our big topic of the day is, of course, the FBI wanting access to iPhones. So the FBI got a hold of an iPhone 5C that was used. um, It was owned by one of the shooters in the San Bernardino um, terrorist attacks that happened last year. So... They want Apple to unlock it for them, and the way that that process would go would be by um, Apple creating a unique firmware upgrade so that the phone would not erase all of its contents after 10 uh, passcode attempts, which means that the FBI could eventually get the right passcode, crack the phone, get all the information in it. Uh, There are some technical issues with the 5C specifically, which I'm going to ask you to talk about, Christina. Sure. But... um, well, just like the presence of the secure enclave and everything. It, but well, the lack basically, of. Basically, yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the lack of presence of the secure enclave. And this is uh, Lance Yul- Ulanoff wrote a piece on Mashable today that I thought was – it was really um, coming out strongly in defense of Tim Cook's letter yes. um, in response to this, which was doing this creates a really dangerous precedent for security, the security of our customers moving forward in the future. And I think that that is – totally true for one thing it's it's such an awful and interesting and specific case i think especially with this because i mean this was literally a phone that was used by terrorists but on the other hand if apple can do this thing and um there's a a post on oh what is it trail of bits.com where they're talking about how it sorry what was that dan guido is the security expert who wrote that at trail of bits yes yes and he's saying that it is possible but doing it then creates this Precedence. precedent, of course, in which, no matter, if it does work, if it works, if they can do this, and, and it, then they find stuff on the phone that creates a precedent where they could ask again right. and again, because yeah,
2: yeah, the whole problem is legal precedent with completely.
1: This. Well, it, well, let's actually be very clear about a couple of things because an article that the daily beast ran, and I'd actually heard this from people because I've been reporting on this story all day. My technical explainer hasn't published yet. It'll publish by the time this podcast goes up. It'll probably publish while we're recording this podcast, but I spent the better part of the day, or actually the entire day on it, um, kind of breaking down the technical hows and whys of, of how they could bypass, um, Some of the security methods. Um, Apple has in the past actually unlocked phones for law enforcement. We don't know the last time that that happened, but there is a New York case that is currently ongoing that concerns an iPhone actually running iOS 7, which actually means that technically... Apple doesn't even have to be involved in the unlocking process because there are plenty of tools that will do it for them. But there's a, a case currently in New York that Apple is fighting, where the the New York uh, state is asking Apple to unlock the phone. It's for a drug case, and the Daily Beast oh. obtained documents about that case. I haven't been able to get those documents. We weren't able to find the specific case, but we were finding details about it. And according to the Daily Beast, in I guess the the you know prosecutor's motion, they contend and Apple hasn't argued against this that. Since 2008, Apple has unlocked 70 phones at law enforcement request. Um, I can say that I've spoken with people who are security experts who have told me that they've heard the same thing. Maybe not the number 70, but they've heard that this um, law, uh, the the All Writs Act, which is kind of being used uh, as as the information to kind of, you know, do this, has been used successfully in the past to get phone makers, not necessarily Apple, but but probably including them, to unlock phones, so I think that certainly this would be precedent setting for as big as this is. But I think that it probably has happened in the past, and the court has probably ruled for them to do this in the past. What's mm. interesting about this case, and I think the reason that this case, why Apple is responding this way, and why they're doing it publicly, and why they haven't responded publicly in this way when they've been asked to do this in other cases where they've declined, and where it's continued to be kind of an ongoing litigation matter, has been um, because this is frankly being very politicized because. You know, there's a lot of um, uh, discussion in um, Washington um, with, with both the White House and also, you know, on the legislative side where uh, they're trying to kind of force companies into building back doors and, and making it so law enforcement agents can get access to things. There was a, another case in New York which um, might have been sort of related to this other New York case, but the New York Attorney General last year made a lot of statements about. Saying Apple isn't doing what they should to help law enforcement in, in crimes, and basically saying that prior to iOS seven, uh, or prior to iOS eight, you know they could get in; it was pretty easy for them to get access to stuff, and now it's too secure, and it's and they can't do it, and, and it's causing them problems. Um, and scary. and so you know there are um, there's been a lot of discussion about this kind of in the in the politi- political commentary around it, uh, and I think that this case the government has been very smart, very shrewd. Um I'm personally not a fan of this tactic, but it is a very smart tactic to take the terrorist attack of San Bernardino and use that as their weapon, so to speak, to put this on display. Because mm-hmm. yeah. how do you as a public come back? You know, the the public wants to catch the terrorists. We've been conditioned even before 9-11, but especially since then, that we want to put the terrorists away and we want them to lose and we want to protect America. We want to protect people. You know, 14 people were were murdered. We want to stop those um, uh, the attacks from happening in the future, and if gaining get, access to a phone could help uncover information that would stop future attacks, then just open the damn phone, Apple, right? But you know that as as you're saying, there becomes a, a much bigger precedent, which happens, which is if you do it in this case, how, what does this stop? Every law enforcement agency and every case that might not be this situation from asking the same things, um, and and so the the problem that Apple has is that. Their newer phones, it would actually be more difficult for um, them to do what the FBI is asking them to do. And basically, um, the from from what we know, reading the the um, the, the document, you know, it's, it's forty pages. You know, kind of the, the order, uh, kind of you know, laying out the the, the federal court's uh, case. You know, this was an iPhone five C. It was owned actually by the San Bernardino Health Department, so it was actually his work phone. I think that's Ooh. actually notable because for a couple reasons. One it completely gets around any kind of uh, search and seizure or, or, or First Amendment um, or Fourth Amendment, I guess, um, rules in terms of personal property because they've gotten permission from the owner of the phone to do whatever it needs to do to access it. Uh, for me, though, and I don't think that would ever be a question because the, the suspect is dead, and in, in any case, you could obtain a warrant anyway. But what's interesting about this is, is it's an iPhone 5C. It was running iOS 9. Now, they claimed that they had access to his iCloud backups. He was doing iCloud backups, but he stopped them about two months before the attack, and they believe oh. that the iCloud backups were stopped on purpose. So Apple did provide the iCloud backups to them uh, that they had, and they were able to, I guess, get in and probably decrypt and, and, and access those. Um, but and maybe that gave them some information that says, now we want to get into the phone. The problem is the phone is locked, and because it's running iOS 9, there is not any commercial software that will let you do a brute force attack. So when you have an iPhone that's locked, if you have an iPhone, you know this, um, if you enter in a passcode, uh, you, you have to enter in your pen when you start it up. If you enter in the wrong pen 10 times, it'll actually erase the phone. Beyond that, there's also a delay. If you enter in a pen more than a couple of times, you might have to wait five minutes between entering. The problem here is that if you're the police and you're trying to get into something, you need to do two things. One, you need to bypass the um, deleting uh, mechanism. So you don't want it to wipe after 10 attempts. The second thing is is that, you know, if you're going to brute force this thing, so you're going to enter in every combination that you can, and it could take, you know, a day, it could take two days, depending on on what methods you use, you don't want to have that five minute delay between entering things in. So what the FBI is asking Apple to do is basically create firmware that would be loaded In DFU mode, which anybody who's ever jailbroken an iPhone or had to recover an iPhone knows what that is. It's basically when you kind of have it turned off and you enter in iTunes and you have it connected to your computer kind of like a USB stick. And they would have their own um, signed bootloader on it that would basically be able to bypass um, the security provisions that are on the iPhone um, 5c and and let them enter in as many um passcodes as they need to they could even automate it with a hardware machine so it would just automatically enter all the stuff in rather than have yeah. it where you could type it in on a keyboard you wouldn't have to press it in on your on uh, individually and it would get rid of the delay um between
2: entering in new combinations Wait. Saying that's like through the lightning port or is it one of these things that like simulates like a touch on the screen? Like I've seen robots. Uh, Yeah,
1: it it might be both. I think in the past, it's honestly been something that wouldn't even be through the lightning port. It would be connected to USB on your computer and it would be connected as like another kind of like input mechanism. So it would be something again and probably signed. I mean, probably like a diagnostic mode, I would think, because there probably are, or at least I know in older versions of iOS, there'd be a diagnostic way, you know, if something was wrong with it, where you could probably input things with your keyboard. So people built hardware and the iOS 7 days and below days that, that would do this and, and and police departments use them um, and uh one of one of the guys i was talking to about some of the stuff, Jonathan Zidanarski i can't pronounce his last name um, um is uh he wrote literally wrote the book on iPhone forensics and <laughs> literally he wrote the um Z D Z I A R S K I um he's he's a great guy and he was part of the original iphone dev team and and he's well versed in all this stuff and uh he was telling me that it's weird to see you know basically his work written out verbatim in court documents because it's not necessarily oh, what he personally would want yeah. it to be used for but he yeah. is a he's a forensics expert and he's an ios forensic expert and you know um he was uh, you know saying that agreeing basically with Dan Guido who uh, wrote the Trail of Bits post, you know, yeah, this is totally feasible for Apple to do this and, and Apple could totally create their own signed bootloader that would do these things, especially on the iPhone 5C. Uh, what makes this case interesting, iOS 9 prevents a challenge. There is commercial software that claims that it can decrypt the pen, that it can get through, it can brute force pens on iOS 8.4, but nothing works with iOS 9. So this is why
2: they have to go to Apple.
1: Um, right. What... Let's ask you a few technical questions there. Because
2: this is something I don't understand personally. Okay. So, uh, so you know, obviously they're getting this, uh, what is it, IPSW file, you know, yes. whatever it is, when you load like a dev version yeah. of iOS on your your phone. Um, so they're getting this file, and basically Apple is making a custom IPSW and it's going to load onto the phone. What I don't understand is this. Um, when I have to... When I install a new version of iOS through that method, it makes me go through and input my password into the phone, right? Like you have to do that before it opens. It seems like that's built into the operating system that's already on it. So you're telling me there's like a a security flaw where Apple can like bypass that in Um, some way?
1: Kind of, what it would be more like is that there'd be like a custom firmware you would basically be able to sign and get on that only Apple would be able to create that would get you to that level of, of the level before you put the IPSW on. So you'd be able to have that kind of preloaded almost and then you'd be able to brute force using whatever methods you wanted to use to put in the password and then you'd be able to load up.
2: Is that, like, something they may have because of, like, a genius bar problem to, like, um, then get it? No, it no. Or they're it. actually
1: wanting them to create it themselves, and Apple would have the way to do that. So this isn't something cool. that exists. And that's kind of the problem with this is that the tool they're asking for does not exist. So they're basically right. asking Apple like to.
2: a really undue burden on Apple. Like, that's because they're going to have to assign an engineering team. Uh, uh, you almost like, have yes. to,
0: like, consider them accessories or not, not accessories, but, like, Uh, obstructing justice if they're if the court orders them to do this, which they have. Um, I think the case is still ongoing and it might eventually end up in the Supreme Court. But like that, it's bizarre to me that that is kind of. I guess the charge that is being leveled against them at this well, point.
1: Well, well, I mean, right now the court has ordered that they do this and they've responded and said that th- they're saying we don't want to. So n- yeah. now it'll be up to the court to decide what happens next and then there would be an appeals process. A- as I said before, there's a case already ongoing in New York which is not gotten the attention frankly because it's not a terrorism case. Um it's it, it's a mm-hmm. meth case. And and also in that case it has to deal with iOS7 where even the court said well, you can break into this without Apple's help. Apple's basically acknowledged, yes, we can technically access this and we can do this for you, but we don't want to because of the not precedent. Their it would, right, the precedent it would set, frankly, going against our consumer expectations would be really bad. Um, but um, it would, you know, be. Um, so, but, but to answer your question, but it, but in that case, it, it's even more ridiculous uh, that they're asking Apple to come in and do it because, because it's iOS seven. Literally, there are many, many commercial tools, including some that have been developed by the people in Homeland Security, that will brute force it. So they don't even need Apple to do it. And the court even said that. So, but that that case is still is still ongoing. Um, but to get to um, your point, um, Brie, about how they can do this, um, this is directly from the um, FBI or the, the um, document that the, the the order motion to compel it says that you know provide the FBI with a signed iPhone software file recovery bundle or other software image file SIF that can be loaded onto the subject device the SIF will load and run from RAM and will not modify the iOS on the actual phone the user data partition or system partition on the device's flash memory the SIF will be coded by Apple with a unique identifier of the phone so that the SIF would only load and execute on the subject device the SIF will be loaded by a device firmware upgrade DF- mode recovery mode or other applicable modes available to the fbi once the sif um uh once uh, once active on the subject device the sif will accomplish three functions specified in paragraph two one it will be you know uh, it'll be uploaded and then they say that it could be either uploaded to a government facility and honestly i don't think anybody can trust the government to keep that stuff from not getting leaked um <laughs> uh-huh. or alternatively at an apple very naive. <laughs> well it would or alternatively at an apple facility if the latter apple shall provide the government with remote access to the subject device through a computer allowed um the government to conduct password recovery analysis um so basically you know yeah it'd be this running from ram mode which is basically how it would get around this it's very similar to jailbreak stuff they're basically asking apple to engineer their own jailbreak um so that they can get in and bypass this stuff um but um what's uh what's interesting here um Technically, on the iPhone 5C, this is possible because it does not have a secure enclave. It's it's basically an iPhone 5. So it has the A7 chip, and so it doesn't have Touch ID, and it doesn't have a secure enclave. Um, mm-hmm. So there wouldn't be any hardware rationale why they couldn't code firmware to bypass this. Now, mm-hmm. if you're talking about an iPhone 5S or higher, it's a little bit different because you now have um, a hardware and software-coded key, whereas where, we talked about with Air 53 week before last you know you can literally brick your phone by replacing um the uh the touch the touch id button so right. because those things have to be matched having said that uh, jonathan who i spoke with he's not convinced that that still wouldn't po- that there might not still be some possibility of bypassing something with the secure enclave because the secure enclave in this case controls the pin reset the the, the, the um the, the pin control things so he oh. doesn't he's he still he told me let me find exactly what he
2: said to me Um... You open up the phone and you put in a, a custom, you know, a different chip with a secure enclave on it that's going to basically... Get around that or not have that? Safe no, built
1: in? no, that wouldn't be no, that wouldn't be possible because each okay. each yeah. one is hardware encoded to, to its own device. They're each paired, and, it, and it, okay. to, for that to happen, Apple would literally have to have a master key, which they don't have because they don't want to do that. Yeah, but right. but for but for but with the secure enclave stuff, um, he says that you know the pen detection, which is attached To the secure enclave, it might be dependent on the system clock, which could potentially be changed by software. And he says that if the microcode inside the secure enclave can be updated to remove those delays without wiping the enclave then that might also work and we do know that through iOS updates in the past they've actually updated kind of intervals in in which you can enter stuff in and they've made improvements to touch ID that way so it could still be possible that they could customize something some firmware that might work with an iPhone 6 or higher but it would be a lot more difficult so part of the reason that the FBI can make the request that they're making and they know that it's technically feasible is because there aren't any hardware restrictions on the phone itself that would prevent this what's mm-hmm. interesting about this and the fbi makes this ca- makes this point and 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 when we spoke to people we'll just call close to the situation they've tried to kind of stress and this has certainly been the party line that reuters and other places have run with which is oh this would just be firmware that would be restricted only to this device i'm going to call bull- mm-hmm. on that and sorry Stephen, you can believe that but i'm going to call bull- on that i'm going to say that again i'm going to call bull- on that because <laughs> um what they're a- asking and you can read this directly in their filing Their idea of limiting it to just one device is basically to just hard code the UUID to um, the piece of software. What that means is that it would be very simple for a warrant, for somebody to obtain a warrant and basically change the software code and then replace that UUID with another UUID. So. When they say that, that that it's just for this device, they're, they're right in the sense that the software would be written and, and, and just for that specific hardware ID. Fine. Uh, the problem is is that you know once that software is out there or once it's shown that it can be used, there would be nothing um, pre- preventing that exact same sort you know method of being used again and again and again. And that's Apple's point, which is this. I mean, the, the, it, it's in the government's best interest to kind of portray this as this is a one-off thing. We won't do this all the time. We just really need your help with this one case. But the problem is is that that's not how this works. No,
0: not at all. Before (laughs) you continue, I'm going to tell you that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy online payments. If you're a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. Braintree is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. Braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical, and now you can add a similar experience to your own app. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. Braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Braintree is also helping solve the problem of mobile cart abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience. And they make payment experiences in some of your favorite apps seamless and magical. Now you can add similar experience to your own apps. Braintree gives you a full-stack payment solution, support for all payment types your customers might want, including PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, Cards, and more, all with a single integration. It's with you across all platforms, with superior fraud protection and their fantastic customer service and fast payouts. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreecom Rocket. Thank you.
2: <laughs> so wow. Uh... <laughs> Oh God, I can't remember what I was going to ask you. So yeah, this is a question I'm not seeing answered in any of the coverage I've seen. So Yeah, they're talking about wanting to get into this, you know, this this person's phone for you know court case. What is the public interest there? Like, I mean, I assume they have enough evidence to convict this person. That was my question too. I mean, my
0: impression was that they were working alone, and I mean, again, I I don't work for the FBI. What do I know? But it was my impression that they were working alone, and they are dead
2: now. Um, right. So, uh, what's the public interest uh, 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 that's here? I mean, it
1: could be communications. I'm guessing, and that's one of the things we're trying to figure out, and frankly, we're not getting a lot of information about that. I mean, I imagine, since they had access to some of the stuff in iCloud already, they, maybe there's more information there. I would imagine it might be iMessage stuff, frankly. Mm. There, might, there might be messages sent between. Organization them, they, stuff. Organization stuff, and maybe links to other things, maybe things in email. What's interesting about this, though, is, is is, is as I noted earlier, you know, this was a phone that is owned by the San Bernardino, San Bernardino uh, um, Department of Health. So this was a work mm-hmm. phone. Um, what's, Notable about this is that this work phone apparently did not have, I haven't been able to confirm this. I put out uh, calls and emails to the the um, San Bernardino County. They did not get back to me. I'm going to try again in the morning before I run something on this, but I'm going to kind of debut kind of my kind of hot take on this now on the podcast. From what I can tell from everyone I've spoken with, what I've heard you like on off record, there was no mul- um, you know, multi-device management software. There was no MDM software on this device. Oh. That's a problem because what if if the San Bernardino County had done what they should do when they issue out work phones? You know, you can put a, a MDM profile on it, so you can have like an enterprise profile on your phone. You can use something like Good, you can use Mobile Iron, you can use even Apple's own stuff. They would have been able to provision things so that an IT person could access this phone, so that even if and bypass these things, even um, you know have have custom profiles, so that you know even if oh. if, if if the if uh, you know, the gunman. Didn't have access to the phone. Didn't have access to the phone. You know, wasn't there to put in his password. You could still access those things because this was a work phone. Because this was, you know, at at a large, you know, orga- in a big public organization, part of a big county. To me, it's kind of like they they're the ones who ultimately dropped the ball on this hmm. because they didn't have their enterprise stuff configured correctly. They're just issuing phones and not having any sort of MDM stuff on there. I mean, at Mashable, where it's my own phone, I still have an MDM profile that will remove access from my ability to access things in Mashable if I were to leave. Okay. So, um, and, and certainly with all of our work issued phones, the ones that we have here, IT can control them and can get into them um, and, and and can overtake things. So the fact that it doesn't seem like there was any provisioning software in that place in impact at all means that the FBI was kind of left to the point where they were like, the only people who can help us get into this phone are Apple. and. It'd be one thing, I think, if it were a personal phone, you could kind of understand. But since this was not a personal phone, it to me, it, it, it makes San Bernardino County, frankly, look really bad and, and realize that there are a lot of issues with mobile security and device security that people don't take into account. And if you're going to start mm-hmm. issuing these devices, you know, there's a certain responsibility
0: that I think those people have, too. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, the ultimate the if you're spiraling from this action off to the you know worst case scenario with the government and access to devices it's that potentially it could become I guess they could regulate how Apple builds their software in the first place and require companies to have master keys or backdoors or things built in just in cases in the in case of a scenario like this where something goes wrong and somebody who does something terrible has a phone that they've used to communicate. And that's, I, I guess, the thing that we're all kind of trying to prevent even in a case like this where clearly bad things were done with the phone. I, I don't know what was done with the phone. I don't know why I keep saying bad things. Murder was committed by people who own this phone. Um, Yeah, it's – it's well, I mean, as a of fact,
2: it's it's a lot. Le- I mean, nobody's been convicted yet, so I okay. mean, well, they're dead. I mean, dead. Right? I mean... <laughs> so right. Okay, well, hmm. Boy, how sick could you? I guess, yeah. I guess in that case, you say,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah. <ugh. sick>. I <laughs> mean, I mean, it's been it's been confirmed. I mean, there were there were no. I mean, there 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 were there was evidence. I mean, left behind. I mean, this is this is not one of those things where we were. I mean. It, if there were other people involved, that's less clear. But I mean, I think we kind of learned when the first time when the when the freaking landlord let every let the media go in and trifle through that's the apartment awful. afterwards. Well, you know that this was kind of a a closed case from that perspective. But I mean, your you, to your broader question, like what is kind of the public interest in this? They've got to think that they've got something. Um, but mm-hmm. I still stand by my personal opinion that I think this is being used as a political move to try to kind of incite the broader public into wanting to force companies to do these things by by saying the magic word terrorism stop terrorism apple yeah. could help stop it's terrorists but they won't help stop terrorists it's it is it, it completely is and, and then you have you know people like donald trump coming on saying that apple's terrible for not
0: doing this when i flip- to never talk about anything or technology again sorry well, i got political no no no
1: you're fun. no but you're but you're right i mean i think and i think one of the issues that a lot of people point out, the New York Times pointed this out, that's certainly my first thought, which is if Apple were to go along with this and were to agree to this, um, you know, what would stop them from then immediately having to do these sorts of things for people in other countries? And, and and what would, does that say if, if then now China's asking for access to things? And and that becomes scarier for a lot of people when you start thinking you know, about this from a geopolitical thing. You can't pick and choose. You either, to me anyway, at least that's how I feel about this issue, is you can't pick and choose. You either are in favor yeah. of the civil liberties argument or you're not. And if you're not, that's valid. And I, I, I understand people people that I work with, some people have a different opinion than I do. And that's that's valid. You're allowed to have that opinion and say that, in this case, the greater good compels you know, law, the companies to work for law enforcement. And it is true that companies... Companies are, are asked and forced to, come, you know, work with law enforcement all the time and turn things over and even do work. What's interesting is been the reaction, I think, from the other tech companies. So the WhatsApp CEO came out in favor of Tim Cook. Um, uh, Sundar Pashai, who's the CEO of Google, um, kind of came out in support, said that he thinks it's a very important letter and an important discussion, but is not himself saying, I well, mm. like, I totally back you, man. I'm on your side, too. That's probably yeah. because... Frankly, I mean, Android has had pushback when they've tried to do full encrypted versions of things. And, and frankly, a lot of their phone manufacturers probably are compelled and probably do turn things over. And we just don't know those cases. So, I mean, it's it, it, it it's been an interesting to see kind of the tech world respond. I think uh Christabel for us kind of wrote a, a reaction piece about it. And a lot of it has been kind of stunned silence. People are I, – I, I don't think they know how to react because – um, this is a very politically fraught issue. And, and Apple is one of the few companies that can make the stand the way they're making the stand. And, and certainly they're making it for, you know, their own reasons and and, and their own benefits. But, um, you know, Edward Snowden um, you know, was kind of tweeting in support of things, but there are a lot of people who are kind of saying, you know, Apple shouldn't be the one who's setting the discussion points on this. And they're right. But frankly, you know, we should be as the public, the FBI shouldn't be setting, you know, the discussion
0: points either. Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's such Apple a kind comp- i get a lot of anonymous fruit baskets from other tech companies in the mail for the for this.
1: um i don't know i mean because because it all depends i mean again kind of going back to uh the, the daily beast article that i referenced earlier you know the fact that they have in the past unlocked phones that's mm-hmm. a fact so how right. do you reconcile that with what they're doing now i think what's interesting is that if you look at apple's behavior pre and post snowden it's very interesting to see that once the snowden revelations became public their public stance and by all accounts their legal stances too has been very much to not give anything unless they are ordered by the court to do so and to Mm -hmm. fight against having to give anything more whereas before that it wasn't really clear how much they were working with with prism and and what access they had to things um you know and, and, and it's so hard to even know now because so much of that information that was leaked was already old when it was leaked and and so much of that information that they'd gathered from from the snowden things that the, the nsa was already doing were things that weren't ma- necessarily done with the, the complicity of apple it was just kind of done you know with their own kind of forensic mm-hmm. researchers who were figuring out you know holes around things um but i think that um you know, this opens up a lot of interesting questions geopolitically for for Apple and from other com- uh, for other companies because if you do agree that the U.S. can do this, it makes it very difficult to argue that other countries can't compel this information too. And if you're a mm-hmm. company like Apple, in, in in privacy is one of the main things you're kind of selling. You know that we're going to keep people's information private. I think to me, that's kind of like where I kind of sit in on this. I figure, like as consumers, I don't understand how you can make the argument, how we as as technologists can make the argument. You should use secure passwords. You should encrypt everything. You should do everything to so so that hackers can't access you, and identity thieves can't access you. But right, then, and then but, the but, government but, can but, come in. But, <laughs> but 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 except, we should have one master key that the government can access because right. If I'm no. being honest, a I don't believe. Personally, I don't believe the government always has good intentions, and I don't always trust them nope. and, and trust that, that they would mm-hmm. not be issued warrants in, in cases where maybe they didn't deserve it or maybe, you know, it was under unfound circumstances or other things because I think that would happen. But even putting that aside, even pretending for a second that every single, you know, warrant was issued with the best reasons and whatnot, um, I don't trust them to actually be able to keep the information that they obtained safe.
0: Like, yeah. from, no, from no, hackers, from, from identity thieves, you know what I'm we saying? we talked about that so many times. It's just... I mean,
1: how many times has the government themselves leaked... Their own social security numbers. I mean, going to I mean going back to politics very briefly, and I, I'm not like going to defend Hillary Clinton or anything, but the reason that she had her own email server was because her own email server was more secure than the White House's. Like that <laughs> says something. Like say whatever I you mean know, whether that, she should have uh, done yeah. that or not. Like
2: we, uh, the, I, the it, I mean, I'm probably going to get some heat for this, Christina, but I think it's it's worth mentioning. Like the Republican candidates talking about this, their responses have been straight up dumb. Like, they've been yeah. horrible. And, you know, like, look, I, I think anyone that follows me on Twitter can guess how I lean politically. It really disturbs me to see uh, Clinton's statements on Snowden and her consistent anti-civil liberties, uh, you know, yeah. approach to this. It is it is honestly, it's the one thing that really gives me very serious pause in the, the primary this year. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's yeah. And I think we we can't just gloss over what you were talking about at the beginning, Christina. Where yeah, this is an the issue that's so perfectly set up to like let the government come in and you know and like push the envelope. And I think like you know in this meth case, how they they didn't get as much traction, and here they are. You know, this is something that the public is looking at, and I have, like, all in my my Twitter, you know, I have people that are dead convinced that, like, you know, like, Americans are going to die if Apple doesn't, <laughs> like, give people access to – give the government access to this phone. Right. And it's mm. – I think your point is so well said that Apple should not be leading the fight on this. This is a consumer, like, this is an American point of view. And it's so frustrating to have, like, you know, the people that understand these issues on a technical level, like, having to educate the public and take a stand that seems totally obvious to everyone here on this and podcast educate today. the
0: government, too,
2: at that, you know, at that oh, point, because they don't so know bustling. what they're doing. I, I swear, Christina, like, this is, this is such an important case Mm -hmm. and this is such a critical precedent and you know um i i'm so thankful to see tim cooks take a really hard stand here and it's that makes me very proud to make makes me very comfortable
0: these
2: Apple products. Vote Tim Cook 2016. <laughs> I would vote for him! I would totally vote for him!
0: Well, it's, it's,
1: I... it's interesting that they uh, they had a, a little powwow, a summit with Silicon Valley leaders at the White House kind of talking about these sorts of issues, and a lot of it was around encrypted apps and, and, and encrypted messaging services and what they could do to maybe do these things, and Tim Cook was part of that. And, and it was very interesting. I remember I was kind of talking on background with some other reporters who were trying to kind of figure out what some of those issues were, and um, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it's interesting that that tim cook has been consistently been the only leader of this size who's been willing to kind of say no we're we're not going to turn this stuff over and that's
0: that's really yeah, interesting. it is such a political issue and it's very politicized and people will form opinions on apple based on his stance yes they will so, yes yeah, they will it's very brief.
1: yeah yeah um if, I, yeah
0: if you would like to build a website to educate people <laughs> about this issue <laughs> You should check out squarespace.com and then when you check it out and find that it is to your liking, you should enter offer code rocket at checkout to get 10% off. If you don't know what Squarespace is, you've never listened to this podcast before or any other podcast for all of time in history. If you are building a website, Squarespace. If the, the website that's going to help you build your own website. Uh, they give you all the power to create your own space online, um, customize it how you want. They take away all of the suffering that comes with worrying about hosting or scaling or when you get stuck with things because they have 24-7 support that you can just access at any time with any question that you may have. but. Regardless of how much support they offer you, it's also really easy to use. You can create a gorgeous, professionally professional-looking website just with your own skills, um, whether you know anything about coding or not. They also offer a really cool um, cover page option that just lets you build a one-page website where you can put all the information about (laughs) Apple's (laughs) (laughs) court-ordered cracking of their OS uh, so that the government will know your opinion on this matter. Um, Their tools are really intuitive and easy to use. And they're used by millions of people all over the world. So there's a reason that they are as powerful and popular as they are. Uh, like I said, they offer lots of templates. They offer cover pages. They off- The templates that they offer like, can be customized to specific jobs. So you know, you're a chef building your, your chef portfolio, showing off your, your chef creations. Squarespace is the, the thing that's gonna help you do that. So please do go check it out. Um, If you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name, which lets you choose exactly what you want your site to be called, which is another huge important part of that process of building a website that they make really easy. Their plans start at $8 a month. So yeah, go check out squarespace.com, start that free trial, no credit card required, and build a beautiful website um, and then at checkout, you can enter offer code ROCKET to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show, show your support for Squarespace and Relay FM, which is our awesome network. Chronos Group has released a new graphics um, API called Vulcan. It is here, and Brianna Wu is going to tell us how significant or not significant <laughs> it may or may not be for her as a game developer and for the wider game developer community
2: this is come on this is not a hard topic this is did you really glaze over read again
0: i was okay so i was on game dev stack exchange and i was reading through this this thread what is vulcan and how does it differ from OpenGL? and i wanted to die (laughs) (laughs) like i understand individual words but then when it comes to like thinking about the larger context of it i'm like
2: Ah. All right. All right. So I will assume most of the audience out there is not a game developer. <laughs> and I will. I will try to talk about this in in more general terms. Okay. So we talked on Rocket before about how OpenGL is kind of a mess, especially on uh, OS X. Right. Uh, an example I give a lot when I to talk to the press about this is I have a Mac Pro at my office, and it's the same machine, same Z, same GPU. You know. Everything is the same, but there's Windows on one side of it and OS 10 on the other. Yeah, I can make the same binary um, for a game, and I can try to play it on both sides and like test it. And the the outcome of OpenGL on the OS 10 side is anywhere from like 30 percent slower to 75 percent slower. And yeah, there are so many reasons for this, but just in general, uh, you know, the implementation of OpenGL, uh, the layer of it would say it was very thick. Like, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's, it's not good. And one of the main reasons it's not good is that protocol was kind of, it, it came together in a time period when single-core processors were kind of the norm. Well, the truth is, you know, everybody's Mac today has multi-core processors in general. And even, you know, like my Samsung uh, phone, which I use for VR stuff with Edge VR, but that's a multi-core processor. So, you know, at first they were saying like, okay, how can we like start over? Like, can kind I of bring this into the future? And, you know, I figured, do you remember the the name they had for it at first? It was like NextGL or something. Oh, and yeah. you know, now it's it's Falcon. So I have to say, like, I got a lot of press calling me this week, asking me about this and, one of the things this group is doing is comparing it a lot to metal like they are doing everything they can to compare it to apple's technology um i have to say though like i've really looked at this and i I feel like one of the real giveaways is when you Okay, I want to be very clear before I say this. I support, you know, open source software. I think open standards are great for some things. I, please do not read anything <laughs> I am about to say, it's like an attack on open software. You hate open I source, love... we know it.
1: You, you hate open source, you hate Linux. You hate I, it do,
2: I do, I do, I do. I want to destroy it. Um, <laughs> that works sometimes. But I think it is fair to say that open source proponents can be a little utopian sometimes in their <laughs> vision. And I think it's so telling that when you're reading, like, blogs and, and 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 things that they've written about this, like, stuff that should be technical in nature, it has sentences like, open source wins again! We can do it, you know, it's yeah. like exclamation point. That's literally where they're coming from. So I thought it would be cool on Rocket to kind of take a step back and say, okay, we have two technologies here. Vulcan... Which is, uh, I guess the most simple way to say it is it would be the idea of Metal, uh, but kind of in an open source way that could potentially run on everything, right? Uh, And then you have Metal, which is over here. Apple's implemented it, it started on iOS, you know, moved over to OS X. Um, And kind of talk about, like, what the pragmatic differences are between this. Because, you know, it's like Apple has a very set number of devices, graphics chips like they have more control over the number of devices that they have to support. For something like Vulcan, um, it's very interesting because they're starting with um, you know the layer that they're going to be putting in there it's very very thin. So when I talk to Epic about you know the problems with OpenGL and Unreal Engine, you know often we'll sit there and talk about like the thickness of that layer and like the overhead and all the the problems that that's going to cause because it's going to be very resource intensive. Uh you know one of the interesting things about vulkan is you can um you can put different things in that layer depending on what you're trying to do so uh there might be uh a part of like a, a nvidia graphics card uh like in vulkan that would be trying to access it i could put a layer in there to check and say hey just so you know this technically may work with this graphics card but it's not super efficient so let's do it this way instead so it has that potential for it, and you know they have all these different people that have committed to it. You know they announced this first standard uh just yesterday, actually, but you know it's worth saying that something the open source community tends to do is just um is kind of utopian in nature right so they've declared this but you know even uh the blogs that cover android they're very sympathetic to this you know note that you know we are years and years and years away from getting any games actually made with this technology so i christina kind of knowing about that overview like do you have any thoughts here
1: no, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with it and to see, I guess, kind of the pickup that, that other developers like yourself, kind of how they embrace it. Because that's that's always yeah. my big question, you know, is... is um,
0: Will it change your job?
1: Does it exactly. make your job easier? Right. And will make your job easier? And and then I guess maybe this is a dumb question for me to have, but I mean, like, how are graphics cards going to need to be
2: updated or changed to deal with it? I mean, that's exactly it, right? Like, they've announced a standard and you can put it in there, but exactly like you're, you're gonna have to update that and right you now i guess maybe you could do it retroactively right but, um, yeah i mean
1: because right, that's gonna uh, be the question right i mean i, I can imagine a lot of gamers yeah. who are gonna be kind of pissed that like okay i've got this great i've just spent five hundred dollars on a graphics card and, and maybe it'll work right with this, maybe it won't and and so even after you address this standard how long is it going to take before we actually start seeing it implemented in, in hardware mm-hmm. um and, and, and not just graphic card hardware but eventually you know will apple adopt this will other groups do it i mean that's gonna be the interesting thing
2: well, and that's the really hard thing. I mean, you know, programming. Have you ever tried to program an assembly, Christina? Because I had to do it for a college class. Um, just like, oh, God, I have it's a, a
1: tiny bit. So I, 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 know C, and 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 um, I learned Fortran when I was younger, which is kind of similar to sure. that stuff. So sure. yes, I, 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 know the basics. I mean, I, but it's yeah, it's it, very it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yes. You
2: lose your mind. Like, yes. like it's horrible. There's no worse job than like working an assembly, and you know, so. You know, it is a very, very, very challenging thing to like come in and like work that close and like get that far down. And, you know, Owl can do that because it's very, very, restrained and focused but like you know vulcan i was reading like some of their press stuff and they're like and after we get this to be the standard for all android devices we're going to go over to windows and then we're going to put this over on ios and (laughs) And i'm like good luck with that (laughs) good luck like i you know it's it's so far from like having this idea and obviously we need to move past open, you know, OpenGL. But you know, I just, I, I, I guess I feel like we're such a long way off. Yeah. And how do you get the traction,
0: and then yeah, how do you yeah. adapt the hardware and the community even yes. around that? Well, because I yeah. remember,
1: the I mean, obviously you would remember this better than I would, but um, I, I remember, you know, the OpenGL DirectX fight or whatever, right? Like. Yes and 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 i remember even before that i remember what was it it was directx and was something else um i can't remember the company 3d effects uh, was 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 the graphics company game like there were you know these different engines like in the late 90s and and, and then we've yep. gone through these other things and it's like there's always kind of a loser until there's a winner so it'll be i mean i have hope but at the same time i'm like i'm not gonna, this is not going to impact my life for a very long time
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it will definitely affect my field. Yes, it and will. You will affect something... your life. So, I guess I'm being I'm being lazy.
1: I'm I'm being like selfish. I'm like this is <laughs> not going to affect me for a long time. I mean, You'll, so you're the need to, to know new. basis but for me. I'm just kind of like, really, somebody paying me when my when my MacBook has it. Like,
2: okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, something that I keep talking about with is uh know VR applications, and that is, you know, this is the number one thing that this is going to be very important for. So uh, have. Simone, have you messed with the the Gear VR? Have you had a chance to, no, to mess with it? I haven't, unfortunately. Okay, well, you will soon. I see that in your future. <laughs> <laughs> and Christina can back me up on this. Like the latency yeah. when you're looking around. It's, uh, it's terrible.
1: It's awful. Yeah.
2: So you have that and your, your battery lasts. I know this because I use it. Like about 40 to 50
1: minutes. Yeah. Oh, my, so- my, my, my favorite Gear VR experience was during one of the debates. Where you had to use the Gear VR that was the only experience you could do it with, and then like you had to use the Samsung phone to do it during this one of the CNN debates, and then literally the battery didn't last long it's, enough to get through the debate.
2: No. Oh, that's terrible! Yeah, yeah. that's that's Remember it. That. Yeah, those problems are due to you know basically, I mean you can't chunk all of that over to you know inefficiency in you know open. OpenGL, But, you know, obviously it's all part of that same problem. I mean, VR is a very, very, very demanding, um, you know, experience computationally. So the more you can do to kind of optimize your hardware and get it running very efficiently, like working with Samsung and getting this to work in like VR applications, that is awesome and I'm very happy to see them really aiming at that but you know when they're talking about you know bringing it over to iOS to know it's 10 right. to be dealing with metal I just think maybe that should be a plan B guys <laughs> good luck <laughs> but, 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 but,
1: but Bree just before we end this up I mean let's just be real I mean 2016 is totally the year of Linux gaming right
0: Oh, one hundred percent. That's why I'm abandoning uh, Windows and Mac. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, look. I mean, and 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 before we I, talked before, about before I get the emails from people, Steam, Steam, Steam. Okay, great. Whatever. Um, no, it's still gonna be Windows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even Valve is uh, like, even Valve. I think knows they're like, yeah, okay, look, we'll do this. But a, it's our version of Linux, which is sort of weird. It it's and and, and B, um, yeah, we're still gonna primarily be a Windows shop.
2: I remember two years ago when uh, rumors of the Steam machine started coming out and a bunch of my friends went to a Steam uh, dev conference and... We were told this could to be the world, and now it's 2016, and I still haven't touched uh, a Steam controller. No, no,
1: I was gonna say it, they're kind of a disaster, and they're kind of like <laughs> yeah. it's. It, I mean, it's one of those things that sounded so great, but yet at the same time, it's kind of a the same way I feel about Oculus. Uh, enable ready powered PC ready PCs, which are actually a smart idea. I think that bundling strategy is actually really smart, but it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, you know, this is just like it reminds it, it reminds me too much of like the Steam machine thing. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. The core gamers are still going to build their own rig. Eggs and uh, yeah, all of two and, people will have and, and, this, and, and 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 they're all going to run Windows.
2: Yeah, it's know, be this. this is really prescient that you brought this up because that's a perfect analogy. So, you know, here is you know, Valve comes along; they're very upset with the state of Windows. Yep. Understandably, Understandably, I think is fair say and they say okay we're going to boil the ocean and start our <laughs> own branch of Linux and bring all these things out and developers are going to need to completely rewrite their games to work on a third platform even though we don't really support OS 10 yet and it's going to be great guys and what <laughs> and where is everybody and it's you know I, I, I feel bad saying this to a certain extent because you know I hang out with other software devs and you know, we are such a hopeful people and it's like when we see a system that works in our mind and is better that's all that matters and all this stuff like how do we get it out to people like that's just like small detail how do we pay the engineers to like mm-hmm. work on all these different hardware platforms like that's not what we think about we're like this is right and just so i feel bad saying that like this has a way to go but you know maybe tone down that we're gonna take on metal maybe oh, i was gonna that. say
1: well, that, 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 <laughs> yeah. that, that, that to me is yeah. always the thing and and i and i i love the open source community i, I love them but i also love sure. to i love to roast them because they do this so often where they're like so bombastic I mean I'll never forget mark Shuttleworth saying that like within five years Ubuntu was gonna overtake the mac on design <gasps> and this was that that was in like 2008 and i remember laughing hysterically in 2008 and like writing some sort of rebuttal I think i wrote like like a blog post, but I was like, "Good dot luck dot." Like that was basically my response. I was like laughing so hard. And like five years later, like a they didn't, and b here's the best part. Um, I know this from people who used to work at Canonical. All of the Ubuntu UI stuff was developed on a Mac. <gasps> their enti- Unity, like their their entire like 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 the UI thing or whatever they call it, like their their uh, Ubuntu's like, like like desktop thing. All of that stuff was designed on a Mac.
2: Oh, my oh i love it goodness. i love it yeah i think oh, this will be the last i say on it you know it's and i i say this with all respect guys but it's almost religious in nature sometimes the free and open source oh i know
1: it oh it so is believes, like, if you
2: think believe that, so if, fervently in a future that will never will happen. never have
1: it like, like if you think so I'm I'm sure. if you think apple if you think apple users are insane and we are but if you think apple fanboys are bad just get into FOSS chats and 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 it or 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 floss chats because it, it can't just be free and open source software it has to be free slash libra open source software because because free is not just about free as in cost it is about freedom because richard stallman is our god and we must all bow down to him and gnu and everything that he stands for um yeah no i i
2: i, I, I love it's the open source people in our show notes of him yes <laughs> 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 Can we also put in the? Can we also
1: put in the gif of him eating his toenails because that was my favorite one. Okay, I'm writing it down.
0: Gif. Uh, Uh,
2: Toenails. Tweets him out. She's the instigator.
0: You're so, sticking the open source community on me. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's okay. Alone. I'll I'll I can take that handle bullet.
1: it. I, I can handle them. It's fine.
0: I, I I've been... you already instigated them with the good luck post. I did. Oh well, that You're was instigated. kind of my. That That's not kind, the
1: right word. That was. I, oh no, but it was. Uh, I, I, I used to incite them. I used to basically just troll them when, I, when I was a blogger for Download Squad, R.I.P. Um, in like 2008, like in 2009, mm-hmm. like I would, re- I would frequently just troll the open source people because it was fun. Um, and I love open source, and I and I use I use um, you know Linux on um, on server stuff and, and VPSs. I would never use it on a desktop. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I have I I, I enjoy my time, um, and I also enjoy third party software that doesn't look like crap. But um, <laughs> uh, but no, but but the drama of the open source community appeals to me, and I love them. And I know many many people who are great in open source. And frankly, I think open source is one of the most important things that's ever happened. We've talked about that. But to your oh, point, absolutely. Brie, it's yeah. so important. But yet, it, it's so funny the, the, the bombacity in which sometimes the you know the, the, are, the pa- But also, just as Brie was saying, like just the ridiculousness, like believing in a future that will simply never exist. And
2: part but of me, yes, to- I couldn't believe I was reading like this should be like their official press release stuff, and like the sentence is "open source wins yet again." And I'm like- <laughs> It's, it's, it's like
1: and it's like it's like you guys it's like it's like you guys you, you do realize that the that, that microsoft is now like makes patches to the linux kernel right because like that is kind of your sign that you want at least on the enterprise except it's like five core companies that control it and it's like no you guys it what's happened is that Linux became commercialized and like the indie part of it is still kind of flailing but yeah it wins yet again you got it you got it that's because 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 yeah
0: so
2: should we I, talk I, about I, Deadpool? Okay, okay. I I want to keep like bashing open source.
0: <laughs> you could do like a whole episode
2: just. Uh, <laughs> I took on Gamergate. Bring it on. <laughs> oh seriously, <laughs> no. You I yeah. don't want
0: to create like the mutant child of open source and Gamergate. That, that would be a oh, nightmare. No. Oh no. That's Slashdot, oh. basically, isn't it? Oh, oh. Isn't
1: that what sp- happened to Slashdot? Basically.
0: <laughs> is I that, just- that is. wipe my hand across my eye in agony and now i think i'm covered in makeup like a panda bear (laughs) they wear makeup religiously um anyway (laughs) um deadpool is a film that we all saw for once in our miserable lives yes we all did it It it's so good we did it i didn't i totally forgot that we had like bandied about the idea of talking about it and i saw it yesterday so good Ah, and now I get to actually talk about a movie that's recent (laughs) what did you guys think of it? I loved it yeah I I liked it a lot more than I thought I would like I I, uh, yeah I mean the trailers never really grabbed me like I could see what they were going for but I've never read the Deadpool comics so I was kind of like reticent about the the humor that would be in the film I totally laughed I laughed a lot it was it was a delight yeah there were some moments that didn't quite hit for me but Well, there were a lot of one-liners,
1: but I think more of it hit than not. For me, like, I haven't laughed that hard in the movie theater in a really long time. I went with my husband. And when the one-liners are coming so thick and fast. Yeah. And he was so hot and she was so hot. Like, it was a good cast. It was so funny. It was – you know what I liked about it? Um, So it reminded me in some ways of Kick-Ass. Uh, because it had that sort of humor. But with the exception, you know, Kick-Ass was because it was kind of a lampooning of certain, like, superhero tropes and that sort of thing. And it worked in that way. But because this is still very much part of Marvel, like, it might Mm -hmm. not be part of, like, Disney's Marvel Universe, but it's part of Fox's Marvel Universe, it, um... It was self it was is meta and, and extremely self referential and self deprecating and made fun of itself and was aware of itself and could critique the superhero genre, but yet it was yeah. still loved the superhero genre. It wasn't one of those Ooh. films, like it would be very easy to like make a film like this and and have it be just caustic and and kind of mm-hmm. like ripping on everything that we love about superhero films. But this yeah. was it's still fundamentally a big fan of them, even as it was kind of, you know, pointing out the, the foibles and, and, and making the self-referential comments and being basically, you know, the, the, the ultimate comic book fanboy, you know, kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. commentary um
0: I, I i don't know i i thought it was great i really yeah really like we have that moment with the where he's like oh she's gonna do, do the superhero landing yeah and she does <laughs> it and, you know it's like a lampshading that that's a ridiculous thing that happens in every superhero movie but, but at the same time it looks awesome it looks awesome and, and you're super great. stoked
1: and she's great you're For super Indiana stoked Pronto. that she does it yeah and you're super yeah. stoked that she does it and you're like oh okay cool like
2: or yeah. that like remember the opening title where yes. it's like this epic thing and they're coming through the car and like bullets and and bodies being like hit and flying through the air and they, they come through all the debris in the car and they pan over like a uh, People magazine Sexiest Man yep. Alive with like Ryan wait, wait, Reynolds on the cover. Reynolds on it? Yep. the whole movie is full of that I we we have have to me. talk about Ryan Reynolds we, and his oh, eyes oh. Oh. okay
0: so I I did not realize that I was a Ryan Reynolds fan. And, and then I, I feel like my friend kind of planted these seeds because she started talking to me about how charming and wonderful Ryan yeah. Reynolds is. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I can see that. And then I went into this movie like groomed to love him. And I really so appreciated what he did with this role because he was really good at the comic stuff. But then in or the comedic stuff, I should say it's all comic stuff. And um, But then in those serious moments, like when he's literally strapped to a table and being tortured, like his eyes are very expressive and beautiful. And like, and this is a character who is, goes through a lot of pain and he tells jokes because he is really deeply unhappy and miserable. And he gets that. He totally gets that in his expressions and the way that he can tell a joke while looking like he's about to cry. And obviously that is my aesthetic in a man. That is what I like to see. (laughs) So call me Ryan. I
2: I have been in love with him since uh, Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place. Yes. Oh, he was so good on that. He was great on that. Instantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did
1: did, did you ever watch the Nickelodeon um, uh, slash Canadian soap opera 15 No. No. Okay. Uh, So it aired in the early 90s and it was terrible. It was kind of like Nickelodeon's version of Degrassi. But I, I actually did buy the first two seasons on iTunes, whatever they made available. I bought them a couple of years ago. He played... One of the lead characters, younger brothers, a, a character named Billy, and uh, he was just kind of like a sidekick. And that was, uh, it, but but I remember being like eight and thinking he was cute. But but like you, Brie, I remember him and two guys, a girl and a pizza place, oh. which then later just uh-huh. became two guys and a girl. And I always thought he was good, but I was shocked when he got um, better roles. And it was one of those yeah. things. Um, what, what was he in Van Wilder? Was that his? Yeah. I remember seeing Van Wilder in the theater and not loving the movie, but thinking he was really good and um and that kind of is was, was i think the case for a lot of his acting career and he's he's a really good actor and he's really likable um but he uh you know has had kind of a mixed like uh, successful career like he had obviously the, the proposal which was really big for him and then Green Lantern which was supposed to be this really big <laughs> shot and it was uh-huh. a flaw. and i don't think that, that right. was his fault i do love that no. they made fun of Green Lantern in the opening sequence
0: I love they that too, so, and
1: good. making fun of Wolverine too. Yes, oh my god! I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen this, but the but but the final <laughs> make but the end, the Wolverine gag at the end is just so perfect.
2: Yeah, yes. that's really good. So I I want to make it really clear. I love this movie. I laughed my ass off with this movie. I enjoyed this movie. I I do have some critique of this movie from the feminist perspective. Oh, so totally. Right. Okay. If so, I oh, run yeah, to ahead. the bathroom,
0: <laughs> I'm yes. sorry. I drank like two glasses of water.
2: We'll wait on you, wait on you. <laughs>
1: I will just dream about Ryan Reynolds and his prettiness.
2: <laughs> just sit there and do it. Yeah.
1: You know what's weird for me? Okay. So, like, Scarlett Johansson, Blake Lively, I kind of get that. Like, that seems like maybe his type. But, like, he was with Alanis Morissette for, like, a really long time. Really? Yeah. They were together for, like, a Oh, really my long God. Time.
2: That doesn't even because she is so. Uh. They were
1: together for five years, oh
2: and they my were engaged. So
1: like three of them. So yeah, they were together for for yeah, um, for between 2002 and 2007. And then he they broke up, and then he started dating Scarlett Johansson, and then they got married very quietly and had that whole thing, and then they got divorced, and then he met Blake Lively, and yeah, they're beautiful together. Um, I think yeah. actually, yeah. And, and 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 their I-
2: child is their child is adorable. So he got divorced from Scarlett Johansson, right? And I will never forget after that happened, Dr. Drew was doing some interview with CNN, and they asked him about it at the end of it. He's like, yeah, I know both of them, and Ryan Reynolds is great, and frankly, I've never met her, but if she couldn't get along with him, she's got some problems. (laughs) Oh <laughs> uh. like I can't believe you just said I that. I know, and I oh. love
1: ScarJo Joe, but like their whole thing was like when her nude photos oh, were leaked, it was because they like hacked like photos that she sent to him when they were like together.
2: Oh and, my god. And, 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 and
1: then that guy ended up going to jail.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have to critique this film a bit from a feminist point of view, but I were really stressed. Like I love this film, I enjoy this film, go watch this film like okay it's it's this is a critique but i have to say um you know Morena Bachran's character is based off of you can either interpret her as being based off domino or copycat in in from the comics so we're going to take the more generous reading and say she's based on copycat she is the worst example i've ever seen of a woman written by a team of male writers to like be you know, like a a goal for a dude, right? And, you know, like she's gorgeous and she's very funny in this role, but I don't really get the sense that she's her own person. Do you know what I mean? I totally agree agree
1: with that. I I didn't have a huge problem with the character, honestly, just because i mean i understand your criticism and you're right i guess yeah. i let it go because i was like well this is his movie this is an origin story right. it, they've only got so much time to get through and i and she was so pretty and i thought she was kind of kick-ass oh, i liked her i like. I, I loved her her personality but you're dead on all the things they built like she was basically just like his dream girl like she didn't yeah, have she any, swoops in and then she they literally get didn't, didn't have any then... any personality of her own other than
0: like she's literally his dream girl I do appreciate that like she after he quote unquote died, she stayed in the sex industry and, you know, got another job and like carried on her life in that way. But yeah. it, it is and true I also, is... also
1: like that he didn't ever judge her or even ask her to stop. Like I did actually really yeah. like that. That wasn't one of those things where it was like, oh, she's going to not do this now. Like or even yeah. after they were together, it's like, no, she still does. This, yeah. this is her job. And then that wasn't a judgment thing for either of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But... I thought it was very sex positive. Overall, except for the one transphobic joke they threw in which really bothered me. Yeah. But yeah. I thought overall it was it was I you know, I heard some complaints. That it didn't uh pick up the the pansexual nature of the character from the comic books. It totally it, did. It I would like, say it did. Yeah, it kind of did. So. I mean, I,
1: I don't know how much more they could have done in that sort of thing. I mean, that, but that in that one montage, I mean, there was a very, I mean, like, yeah, I, I totally, you got the sense that he was very comfortable with his whole thing, you know? And like you mm-hmm. said, the one transphobic joke aside, which was unfortunate, like, yeah, I feel like it was a pretty sex positive film and a pretty like, yeah, like he's down with what he's down with. Like, okay, cool. <laughs>
0: i wish we could have seen ryan reynolds enjoying pegging in some. yeah you know uh, gosh no we can't talk about this again <laughs> but so the fact that I,
1: I will what? say this i was a little bothered in my theater when i saw this when that scene happened like i thought it was great and then there were some like guys who were like no 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 give that away nasty nasty i'm oh, like okay I'm shut like... up and that's and that's what i was like so close to him i was like shut up don't ruin <laughs> this for all of us like it's fine <laughs>
2: So, can we talk about just how ridiculously gorgeous Marina Bachran is? Yeah, Because she is just, in everything she does, I'm just like... I love her I, in I, Homeland.
1: I, I love her in Firefly. She's she, she, V. She's uh, hot. I love seeing you.
2: I yes. hated her character on Homeland, but I like her as a person. Like, I thought her- <laughs> But she was hot on <laughs> Homeland.
1: Like, I didn't like her character. I mean, because obviously I was, like, rooting for her character to, like, not be in the picture, right? But, like... <laughs> but no but she's so gorgeous and and um i was really glad that they went with her too you know what i liked about that casting she's like 36 i think and so she's his age
0: like that's age
1: appropriate they didn't cast a 22 year old which is Mm -hmm. totally
0: honestly what they always do and it's only what if i think she really sold that role because she does you know she's lived a life she seems like she's lived a life and it's not weird or creepy, just to see them interact with each other because they look like two adults who've been through some rough stuff, and yeah. like their chemistry was wonderful. Yeah, their chemistry was great.
2: Yeah, I, so. I can I tell you all stories. So this is when my husband was getting his second Hugo Award. Uh, Miranda Bachran was on stage accepting another Hugo Award for Firefly, and John Scalzi was standing right next to her, like when the press was taking all the pictures. So Frank. This is before we were married. Walks over to the and looks at Skullsy and goes, I'm cutting in. (laughs) Just just sit next to Marina Bachran in all the press pictures for like hours. If you look at any video from that, Frank is just like next to her the whole time because he's such a. Oh, that's awesome. I love him.
1: That's fantastic.
2: Jeez. I don't know. I thought, yeah, you know, they cut $7 million from the budget, yeah. um, like, as it was coming, which mm-hmm. led to they had to cut out this motorcycle chase. And, you know, they had this, um, you know, there's a joke where they're at the, the mansion where Deadpool's like, oh, it's kind of odd that there are only two of you here. <laughs> like they couldn't afford any other actors but i thought it made a much tighter movie overall i
1: thought the pacing was great i thought the pacing was was great especially with how quick-witted everything was and also tj miller let's talk about him for a second he was great like as as his role the bartender bartender, yeah and he's in silicon valley and i love him and he was just really good but yeah no it was interesting that they did this on such a small budget 53 million dollars which for a film like this that did 150 million at the box office opening weekend and broke literally broke Mm -hmm. um a a 13-year-old record held by uh, the, the the matrix we loaded for our opening and is one of the highest superhero openings of all time is tremendous but yeah it, i thought that they worked around their constraints really well and the director he's a first-time director he's done special effects stuff oh. and i saw some people complaining about some of the special effects saying that they could see things around the edges i'll be honest i was laughing too hard and enjoying myself too hard to really even pick up on any yeah. of that but i'm also going to give them a pass because they had a 53 million dollar budget where you know mm-hmm. like you said they cut stuff and i felt like they were self-aware enough of, of, of what it was. I mean, this was a movie that, for all intents and purposes, I mean, you know, the Deadpool character wasn't very popular um, in, in uh, X-Men Origins, which was not a great film anyway. <laughs> and, um, you know, they've been trying to do this for five years. Um, and, and I, you know...
0: Um, I'm glad for it that, to get out of production hell and onto screens where people can see it is kind of amazing.
1: Especially when this is a Marvel film, but it's a de- but it's but it's a Fox Marvel film, right? It's part of that mm-hmm. universe. It's not part of the the broader you know Marvel universe. And and you know Disney is very very um, like you know they want to have the ultimate over all, all of the moral stuff and 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 it's weird when you have the options like the super the spider-man and, and and the wolverine and x-men stuff but like you know this is the sort of film it was such an r-rated film i'm so glad it was an r-rated film because yeah. and, and honestly i'm typically one of those people who i would prefer like the the disney and marvel properties those are the ones i really think do the best job and the rest of them I'm kind of like whatever mm-hmm. but like in this case i was like i'm really glad fox did this because disney never would have made this movie
0: Totally, and there's sure. a whole other concern there where I think, in terms of Deadpool being pansexual, uh, where we're probably not going to see queer characters in the the Disney owned Marvel films just because by virtue of queer people being considered not safe for family, even if there's no sexual content. Uh, so that's I think a reason to be more excited about the success of Deadpool and potential for future movies from Fox. Fox's Marvel um franchise just because they can explore characters like that. Um they have the freedom to do that and they've shown that it can be financially successful. So
2: I don't know if I agree with that, Simone. Um You think we'll see I think we gay might Marvel I, I don't agree with your premise that Disney is kind of scared to get around the gay issue. Um uh, uh. one of our one of our actresses for um Rev 60, she does a lot of work for Disney and yeah, she's constantly, she was the big uh, sitcom she was a part of, had like a, a gay character uh, mm-hmm. that was added to the cast. This was on the Disney Channel. Um, I think if you look at Disney as an organization, they were doing giz- Disney gay days, gay days very way, before, and they're doing, way before the public. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I, but I think to Simone's point, she might be right in the sense that even if the company and, and corporate culture would be open to that, there is something to be said yeah. about if you've got a multi-billion dollar franchise and
0: if a marketing it to middle america well no
1: you're not yeah. marketing no, no no you're not marketing to middle america simone you're marketing it to china you're marketing to asia you're marketing to to the rest of the world middle america i think is your the least of your concerns frankly you're looking at your international audience where a lot of your money is coming from especially if you're going to be doing things like 3e and that's where I think it becomes more tricky because the rest of the world, sadly, like as bad as like things are in America, things are a lot worse in other parts of the world when it comes to acceptance on these issues. And and, and yep. um and, and I think that that's the thing you have to realize when you look at the film industry is that it's a global industry. And so for a company like Disney, they have to be very clear about what they do, even if they might personally on internal projects and on television, things might be willing to do certain things for their big flagship tent poles. It would be... Maybe not, just because it, it, frankly, wouldn't be as, as, um, you know, I hate to say this, but it wouldn't be as good of a business move if, if, if you're relying on fifty percent or sometimes more than that of your box office coming from overseas. You like how much are how much editing are you gonna then have to do to alter the content? And maybe you do that, but maybe you just avoid the whole thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to be proven wrong on this, but I, I do, I don't see the Marvel Disney movies as being a franchise that will push those characters forward even if on the Disney Channel here stateside they're doing that. Um yeah.
2: Well now I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but Deadpool is fun. But Deadpool is so movie. fun. It's a great
1: movie. I I i just I had such a good time with it. I just thought it was so fun. And um I really just thought that they they nailed it in a way I wasn't expecting them to. I, yeah, I was definitely. it was just you know I I tickets here's one thing you're gonna have to learn um if uh, you ever visit New York, Simone, um, movie tickets are expensive. No. <laughs> so when you come to New York to visit us, um, that is one sad thing I'm gonna have to say. It's like eighteen dollars for a crappy ticket, twenty three dollars for like the good seats, and that's... Dude, I saw
0: this movie at the McMenamins, which is this local like hotel pub thing. I saw it in a, a movie theater, drinking hard cider and like eating a burger. For a seven dollar ticket,
1: yeah. Exactly. So, 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 and so in New York City, that is that does not exist. There is there are a few places where you can like drink and do stuff, but the the ticket's still gonna be like fifteen, eighteen dollars.
0: I cry. Well.
1: Wow. So.
2: Oh huh so do we i don't think we have time i don't think we have time <laughs> it's, it's, let's yeah. go to bed i have yeah. a lot of i was gonna <laughs> say
1: we wanted to talk about taylor and kanye part whatever but frankly we're exhausted it's, it's you know ridiculous. there's gonna be something new next week well it, oh, so um we well i mean today it. we got news i mean let's just put it this way he is going kanye all over everything and i thought that it, her speech at the grammys was great
2: i did too Fair i enough. thought it was great um wow Like. i <laughs> I remember tweeting last week. I'm like, wow, we're up to four Kanye controversies so far. What else could happen? And then the rest of the week happens. Well, so so. I have, I have an
1: if this, then that recipe that texts me every time he tweets. It works pretty, it works pretty well. Um, the problem is, is that it's not always completely up to date because it, pings only every so often i had to finally turn it off because like it was waking me up in the middle of the night because he will start tweeting random (laughs) stuff in the middle of the night and i'm like and i get like 15 texts in a row so instead i've just turned notifications on for him and the official twitter client and that works much better um but no it is one of those things where like you know kanye is I, i what i'm not sure about is why after everything that's been happening why they don't just take away his twitter password like i would think that like like Kim knows what it is, right? And if Kim's not going to do it, why doesn't her mom do it? Because at this point, it went from being, like, probably good promo and, like, an okay thing, even the crazy stuff he was saying, because now it's just being, like, he's asking Mark Zuckerberg for money, and it's like, dude, this is not a good look. Uh,
2: it's Well, no, uh, you've
0: just revealed the conspiracy theory. How is this benefiting Chris Kardashian? Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it's definitely – we're all going to tune in to next
1: season of the show, right? Because out. because he, he allows the cameras in, I'm sure. And so, I mean – would you guys not be watching like the, the the kanye meltdown i mean can you even imagine <laughs> if the cameras were there to capture the snl stuff i doubt they were but like i can only dream andy mm-hmm. cohen i'm sure is frothing at the mouth going not andy cohen sorry because that's a uh, bravo um uh, Ryan seacrest i'm sure is like frothing at the mouth being like oh my god we got it we got it we got it and the E people are, like <laughs> we will run a whole special about you know kanye's crazy week but yeah
2: wow I, I have to say, like you know, that tweet came out about you know him saying it was fifty four million dollars in personal debt. Uh, you know, TMZ looked into that, and you know those were just capital expenditures exactly. for big projects he's making. They're rolling in tons of money. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, you know, I'm either a. This person has people advising him and he doesn't understand what he's doing to that point and that's a scary situation or b he's just brilliant and he knows how to milk this whole situation and is just saying eff it dude and i don't know which one it is but i am tuned into the drama train uh, completely so, i i do have
1: to say mark zuckerberg apparently liked a post that one of his former former facebook employees made which was like dude if you're gonna ask the founder of facebook for 53 million dollars maybe don't do it on twitter <laughs> And, like, true point, like, yeah, I mean, oh. yeah, I mean, but, but but as you say, I mean, it's not like he's actually, um,
2: <laughs> all right. But well, I have to say, like, did you see his tweet where he was, he was asking Mark Zuckerberg for all his money? Yes. was like, what did you do with that? You built one school, one school. You I'm like, be how- and, and, and Kanye, and I, <laughs> I want to say,
1: I want to say, Kanye, how many schools have you built, dude? Like... Like, and again, not know. judging, well, I mean, Kanye is pretty clear about always being about Kanye. And I don't judge him for that. I'm just saying, like, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is literally giving his entire fortune away. <laughs> and he's literally giving his entire fortune away. I'm, I don't love the Zuck, like, I, you know, whatnot. But, like, I'm not going crit- to criticize the dude who's literally one of the richest people in the world. Who is yeah. going to record being like, I'm giving it all away. Like, come on, dude. Like, I-, I tweeted something last week before some of the other stuff. I was like, can we just get him on Shark Tank? Because I would actually pay to watch that. Yeah, oh God. Oh, my God!
2: oh my God! That would be great. All right, I got. I got to be at a radio station in like so eight hey, hours. Y'all, what are yeah. you
0: doing this week?
2: I am Simone. I had twelve meetings today, so I just oh. all I'm doing today is I'm holding my hands on my desk and trying not to fly off.
0: That is <laughs> that's what I'm enough. doing this Someone week. to
2: yeah.
1: tie you down. Yep. Christina, what are you up to? Uh, still in like iPhone security, oh, God, you know, it's forensic court order hell um that'll continue for the rest of the week i'm sure Hooray. yay fast news week
0: for once finally. also i just
1: got an inside tip sharing this on the show from a source who says that this person heard it from someone who doesn't lie to me pink ipads are on the way <gasps>
0: what so no, you know what no, i, and, it, I, I, I th- Bro,
1: literally I this was just breaking iPad. i'm sorry guys this i hate to break the news like that on the pod um and it is totally a rumor but this does make sense if they are going to have that march 15th event <laughs> for um the the, the new iphone 5 sc and a new ipad air 3 it would make sense if they released it in rose gold in that case no. i'm gonna be getting a,
2: a rose gold ipad
0: crap okay i'll put it on my birthday list
2: don't put nothing with my ipad pro i regret nothing
1: no, no, I mean, I I like my iPad Pro, I and I like that it's gold. I, I do wish they'd made it in rose gold. But, yeah, I mean, I'd be happy with an iPad Air or an iPad Mini in pink. Totally. Yep. All uh,
0: right. Okay, I, uh, I'm i up to my ears in uh, editing podcasts. So that is – I am in
2: hell, deep hell. <laughs> and do you have any other things you're working on in your life, Simone? Uh... <laughs> no.
1: No.
0: Oh.
2: Of course you don't. Of course no, you don't. don't. You don't have
0: anything I you can tell us. Don't have That's... anything that I'll be talking about on the show next week. Nothing. No. no. Nobody should be looking
2: at your
1: Twitter on Monday or anything, right? No. And you know I'm <laughs> deeply unemployed. So. Deeply unemployed. So yeah, just well, but 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 maybe things will be different. Yeah, maybe, maybe. things will turn around for me. I mean, <laughs> I am going
2: go to church this Sunday, Simone, and we're going to see how I'm going to pray for you. And we're we're, see we're, what yeah, we are. That's oh. what we're
1: going to do. We're, I'm. I'm
0: I'm not going to. If anything really happens, it'll be through the power of prayer.
2: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, uh, that's actually Wu, which is the most credible form of prayer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've been committed so long to the cause, so sure. I, I think that your prayer probably is worth a few, maybe I seven other seven regular prayers, seven casual prayers. Yep, yep. For the people who aren't committed, anyway. Where can we find you online?
2: uh space go
0: cool i'll send you my prayers christina where can we find you online i'm
1: a film underscore girl on the twitters and um yeah and you can find my work at mashable.com please read my explainer on the iphone technical feasibility thing about how they could break into the phone because i worked all
0: day on it so please read and that. it's going to be in the show notes it is there right now and you should totally go read it uh, you can find me on the Twitter at Doom Quasar, and my writing and is, my writing is still up at Pixelkin and Remesh.com. And I just want to remind everyone, I haven't talked about it in a while, but uh, Relay offers memberships. Uh, so you can like, buy a membership to a podcast, and then you'll get some fun extra content uh, at um, Relay's anniversary. And uh, Stephen will write you a beautiful newsletter every month. So you should totally check that out. If you go to Relay.fm membership, you can look into the details of that. And if you like this podcast and have considered membership, you should definitely consider reviewing it and rating it on iTunes because that's free. Uh, Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Terminated. Terminated. Terminated.